0: Welcome in to two for one drafts. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner, ready to get on this Thursday edition of the two for one drafts podcast. We got a pretty good deal of information coming your way. We're going to do some reactions to Mel Kiper Jr. and Todd McShay's latest position rankings and overall draft boards. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. The way we're going to break this down is for Tom McShay and Mel Kuyper, each we're going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Some ugly takes in there compared to what we like
1: here at PFF. But no, I, I was still going to say it's kind of douchey. Ugly is it aggressive. Be it ugly, ugly is aggressive. But you wanted it to be f- featured this way. <laughs> exactly. And I don't mind. It's, yeah,
0: it's it's, it's, it's for it's, the entertainment value. It's for the entertainment value. Ugly I think is an aggressive word, but I guess most disagreed with takes yes. is where we're going to stand there. But that doesn't sound as good as the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, and the most disagreed with is kind of but if if I had to be honest.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean like there's a I mean and the thing is, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of things oh, no, we like agree with. Absolutely. Like we're obviously going to focus on the things we disagree with because that's more interesting. Yeah, yeah Just saying, like it's entertaining. Going event. position by position, be like, yes, we agree there. Yes, we agree there is not interesting. No, no one gives a shit that we agree. Exactly. It's only fun, you know. The disagreement.
0: And it's interesting to see how you know they're Embrace seeing debate. different players. Exactly. Yeah. Embrace debate. Here, let's start with Mel Kuyper Jr. That's who we're going to first go down through. We're going to go through the good, the bad, and the most disagreed with, aka the ugly. Starting with the good, and here's a great example: the top ten players. I put this on there they're in a different order than pff's latest big board but i do agree with the top 10 overall players on mel kuyper jr's big board to walk through those right now um he's got chase young at number one of ohio state which i think if you leave positional value out of it yes Mm -hmm. chase young is the best player in this class but positional value does push joe burrow uh over the top for chase young and then number two he has joe burrow Number three, which I really like, Tuatunga Bailoa at number three. Some people have him lower, weighing too much maybe into the injury. Four, Jeffrey Akuda, right up there with where <laughs> we have him. And five, Isaiah Simmons. I can get on board with Isaiah Simmons being the fifth best player in this class. He's
1: sixth for, or seventh for us. Six, so.
0: Seventh for us, yeah. Uh, Derek Brown at six. Jerry Judy ahead of CeeDee Lamb at seven. But CeeDee Lamb right there at eight. Yeah. And I think we've said it time and time again. It depends who would you watch last. Because yeah. who
1: you watch last is probably who's going to be first. I was going to say, those guys will never not be ranked right next to each other on our draft board there's mm-hmm. not no one's going to come between them
0: exactly they're, they're it's just hand in hand right there so jerry judy at seven cd lamb at eight and then he has andrew thomas at nine his ot1 which with pff is, is very similar to where we have yeah. andrew thomas and that 10 justin herbert Oh, he got different yeah that's a little different justin <laughs> herbert 10 but here I, I will say this if you were going to
1: factor in positional value i was going <laughs> to say so that's the thing here mm-hmm. he doesn't factor in at the top when he has chase young over Joe Burrow because in no 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 sane person mm-hmm. is going to say Hey, Joe Burrow, like if you needed both those positions, no sane person is going to draft Chase Young or Joe yes. Burrow, right? At the moment. Which is exactly the situation the Bengals are in. They need both positions, but you'd be foolish, absolutely foolish, to take Chase Young over Joe Burrow yes. number one. And then, but then at the same time, Justin Herbert is not a better prospect for the quarterback position than Javon Kinlaw is for the defense tackle position. No. He's number 11 on mm-hmm. his board there. Like that's just objectively, anyone would tell you that if your position value didn't matter here, Javon Kinlaw has, you know, top three sort of defense tackle in the NFL. Type of potential, yeah. Justin Herbert, not in the same tier. I mean, just like if he becomes a quality starter, that's like it's very much up in the air. That'd be a that'd be his best case scenario is just to be a starter. At this I point. think that's where we probably most disagree with Mel Kiper Jr.'s so. top
0: ten. But what I was most impressed with was with how high he had my to law. And also where he sits currently with Isaiah Simmons, Jerry Judy, and Ceedee Lamb, and yeah. Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas has his yeah, offensive tackle one, which is yeah. which is great for Mel Kuyper Jr. Let's move on to the mm-hmm. next kind of the good in Mel Kuyper's ranks. Natani muti I was saying it's
1: great for Mel Kuyper Jr. As if like this is the OG. He's been doing it for like forty years, and we've been doing this for like six. But yes, it, it is great for Mel Kuyper Jr. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is, it
0: is great for Mel Kuyper. But with, N- with Natani Muti, is his OG two. Yes, it's his second. Offensive guard in his class. And like, people are getting it. They're finally getting it. I mean, he's your uh, OG1 OG OG on PFF's board. But I thought P- PFF was going to be the only guy on Natani Muti. I saw Bucky Brooks had him in his top five interior Top three lineman. for
1: interior office time. yeah.
0: You got, have Mel Kuyper with him, OG2. People see Natani Muti.
1: Hop he's, on board. Hop on board. Before it's too late. Before you, look like a, before you look silly when he goes you know, 15th overall. It's not going to happen. Not gonna for, go 15th for those
0: overall, who but. haven't listened to PFF's podcast for the past, you know, whatever, two weeks plus where we're talking about Natani Muti probably every podcast, Give me the breakdown yes. of where you are with Muti. He's a Hawaiian
1: god. He's <laughs> was, He came, yes. walked out of a volcano, and it was already a full-grown man. Uh, he I mean, his highlight reel tape, if you haven't watched it, I say this every time I bring it up, go to YouTube, search Natani Muti highlights. It's absurd. It looks like Quentin Nelson coming out, and this is him as a freshman back at Fresno State. Uh, absurdly powerful, and the thing is, he's very powerful, but he's also like light on his feet, athletic, has gotten the job done very well and pass protection over the course of his career. Graded out exceptionally well. Yes, he tore his Achilles in 2018. Yes, he only played three games this past year with a shoulder injury. Injury red flags are huge, but there's two separate injuries. Obviously not like recurring something that's going on. You get a clean bill of health by draft time. He's IOL one for us. Absolutely. I mean, with Natani Muti, again, it's Bucky Brooks is on the train,
0: Mel Kuiper on the train. Mm-hmm. I think Natani Muti is a guy that see past the injuries. Look at this physical freak with great production when healthy. Because if you look at his grades, he's graded very, very well at offense guard and at tackle for Fresno State. I think I'm really impressed with him as a prospect. The only red flag, really, the biggest red flag is injuries. If you can overcome that. I mean, this is one of the better players in this draft. I mean, he's top 32 mm-hmm. on PFF's big board. Moving forward here, James Lynch, the Baylor player at DT five.
1: Yes. I, I I like this one. There's a couple here. These this one. So James Lynch at DT five and KJ Hamler at wide receiver six because they're they're takes. They're like kind of like hot-ish takes. But I just kind of like both of them. Uh, James Lynch was a defensive end at Baylor, but he played defensive end at like 300 pounds. Yeah, he's huge. Now he was actually better in terms of grading at defensive end than he was on the interior. So 350 snaps pat rushing the pass around on the edge. 82.6 pass rushing grade there, 143 when they kicked him inside, only 64.8 passing rushing grade from the inside. So from that perspective, yes, it, does, it doesn't look great for him, projecting to DT at the next level. But I still like the traits. I still think that you know he had 70 pressures this past season for Baylor. Uh, I think that led all the edge defenders in the country. And he's, like I said, not an edge defender, but didn't come off the field for Baylor. Rushed the pass over 500 times this past year. So the motor is there. Uh, you know, the production, to some degree, is there. Uh, so I like the take of him as DT five and I like to take his KJ Hamler of as wide receiver six because freakish athleticism that freakish sort of separation ability just plays in the NFL today. That's the way the NFL game is going. Uh, I think he's a weapon that you can take very much advantage of. I know another. Thing, I like having him up there better than guys like Justin Jefferson, guys like who aren't at that we'll level Which we'll, yeah. we'll get to in Todd McShay's. We'll
0: get to in Todd McShay's. I think top twenty-five or where uh, top thirty-two overall players. Uh, another thing you like him with Mel Cooper. The good here, he ranks Mel long Cooper. snappers. Mel, Mel Cooper.
1: Mel Kuyper Jr. He ranks get long him. snappers. He ranks long snappers. He ranks six long snappers. So now he has ten of every single other position. Like, he goes to his top 10 rankings at every other position mm. and then just puts six long snaps. At who's who's number one? Blake Ferguson from LSU. who's oh, yeah. also who's at the senior, the senior Bowl. But who's but number two? Steve Wordle from Iowa State. Oh, actually, I've seen you, his You tape. remember it's Steve very, tape, oh, yeah. very, very good, Fucking actually. Snaps but I, I feel like but I
0: still can't really have a good decision on him until I see the All-22. <laughs> like, I feel like you get the All-22 end zone angle of that snap and just watch all of them back to back. I, I, that's so long nice.
1: snapping should be they should time it at the combine. Why don't they? Yeah, that's actually a good take. Like the, the, for the forty yard snap, mm-hmm. some guys. And just also, I'd say it. like distance. distance. I would love snap. to see how yeah. far can you long
0: snap. Yeah, where it's like you start at the ten and see if you can go thirty yards, forty yards. Because then you want torque. Yeah, and that, a lot of that's timing as well. But I think torque would be so a what very I, nice piece to I, it.
1: I did love low hearing that. So I guess apparently. Actual accuracy is not nearly as important on snaps as is getting the laces.
0: No, right, I've heard that, too. Pat McAfee is saying, McAfee's saying, that. saying yeah.
1: that, which is very interesting to me. I yeah, no. they,
0: apparently, the long snapper's job is... We don't scout long Yeah, long we snappers. don't. But the long snapper's job, according to Pat McAfee, I would encourage listening to the original, because I'm just paraphrasing here. But he was saying that it's more than just like getting it right where the holder's hands are, mm-hmm. but actually... Getting it to where, when it hits the holder's hands, he can just put it down without much pivot yeah. for the way laces are already out. That is absurd. You're like snapping it, knowing how many revolutions you're going to have on the ball by the time it hits mm-hmm. hands to a point where he doesn't need to make a major adjustment to get yeah. the laces. Almost out. almost like it's
1: almost like bowling at that point. Yes,
0: yeah. well, I mean a lot of it is. I mean, maybe bowling should be at the combine. We're talking about these new drills here. I don't know. That's going to do it for the good from Elkhayber Junior. We're going to move to the bad again. The bad, the ugly, both aggressive terms. Just trying to structure this okay mm-hmm. for your entertainment value. But this is some the stuff that we kind of disagreed with, starting with Ben Bredesen, offensive guard one. And you haven't been on the Bredesen hype train for a while. Like you, You've you always <laughs> kind of been... Bredesen. He's a blue blood program, and you've always said like, don't scout the helmet, scout the player. When you do scout the player, what do you see?
1: Four-year starter Michigan, obviously love. I just think he's like super high cut for a guard. He gets out leveraged a lot at the point of attack. Never had good run blocking grades in his career. Uh, it's been it was solid this past year in, in pass protection, uh, but a lot of it was that and offensive line, a, a lot of play action, they just don't have a lot of like true pass sets on his tape and had a very good, uh, you know, interior guys next to him and Cesar Ruiz and Michael on there for Michigan. So uh he's not terrible, but 66.3 run blocking grade this past year. That was his uh, best since his freshman year. He's just not necessarily and, and he's just fine. Mm-hmm. Like you draft him in the fourth round and maybe you get an average guard someday. That's like that's not OG1, though, to me.
0: Not what you'd like to see. And no. Looking at you know PFF's latest you know position rankings on the site, which you can go to on PFF.com, Bryson didn't make the top 10 for interior offensive line. He's not in that top 10 for interior yeah. offensive line, while on the other hand, Mel Kuyper does have him as the top guard in this class, according to these latest rankings here. Moving forward on more of the bad, I put this one in here. Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen, both inside his top 25. Kenneth Murray coming at number 19 as the best linebacker in this class, or no, after Isaiah Simmons, mm-hmm. and then number 25, Patrick Queen. I think Think that, that is too high for both of the off-ball linebackers. I don't necessarily want to disagree with uh, Murray over Queen, Queen over Murray, but I think they are not top 25 players in this
1: class, in my opinion. Yeah, they're the traits guys, and they're the classic traits linebackers over you know what we've seen from them so far in the field. They'll be better in the NFL than they have been in college, and that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to argue too hard. That's, not, that's why it's not in the ugly category here for us. Yeah, and just the bad, but it's like, if, if you have the 19th overall pick, and one of those guys staring at the eye, there's got to be better players there on the board. Yeah, and better, like, and I don't think, better positional value. Exactly. I'm
0: tired of big boards that do not factor in positional value. We're going to get into that when we get into the ugly with both Kuiper and uh, McShay. Yeah. But, like, off ball linebacker, when you have this cornerback class staring you in the face, like the Cameron Dantzler, Bryce mm-hmm. Hall, Jeff Gladney, like, I'm fit- sitting at 19 and 25 in this draft. I'm not thinking about off ball linebacker knowing yeah. how Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen, though, have impressed on tape with some of traits perspective. I think the production is still lacking for me to see them as top 20 five players
1: mm-hmm. I agree
0: all right moving forward no Curtis Weaver Curtis Weaver we just had him on the podcast recently Curtis oh, Weaver man. right now top 20 on PFF's latest big board up mm-hmm. there I think edge three in the latest position rankings for PFF love his production at Boise State he's not a traits guy though he's not on Todd McShay's top 32 he's not on Mel Kuyper's top 25 because mm-hmm. he's not a traits guy and I think that's the biggest reason why people do not like his build Bottom line, people do not like his build. He made the top five of Bucky Brooks' latest edge rankings, and he mentioned it does not have the build, but loves his production. And I think he's Built. working, he's in Club Sexy with Exos in Frisco, Texas. What's funny on the interview, and you'll hear it if you listen to yesterday's podcast, he's like, Oh, I'm from, uh, I'm, I'm based working out in Frisco. I was like, Oh, my hometown. I'm from the Bay Area. He's like, Frisco, Texas? I was like, Actually, no, I've never <laughs> been there. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, again, with Curtis Weaver, he has the bad bill. Well, you're not supposed to
1: call it Frisco, if it's San Francisco.
0: Yeah, well, San Fran is what I usually refer to. But, anyway, who gives a
1: shit about that? No, Curtis Weaver not on Kuiper's big board. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the take is he's the 16th overall player on our board. The take is that we disagree. And him being behind guys like, well, we'll get into it later, but just guys like Terrell Lewis on the edge. I don't. That's lo- like, again, Terrell Lewis yeah, has the Matos, Like these guys <laughs> can't hold candle to his production.
0: I hey, Terrell Lewis has the traits. The guy was you know built in the lab to play this position, mm-hmm. but again, the production not there, and that is a big reason why we kind of disagree on the alignment there. Uh, you want to take over this one? I know you had yes. disagreements here.
1: Antoine Winfield at safety ten for him, and Terrell Burgess at safety nine, behind the likes of. Davion Taylor from Colorado, who was straight up a linebacker. Yeah, for that's Colorado. Not, hes not
0: even a safety. He's huge. Davion <laughs> yeah. Taylor's like big.
1: Yeah, who was a linebacker, and then Josh Metellus from Michigan, who just like what? He's slow. <laughs> Like, the David Taylor's is the
0: guy who didn't play high school football, right? Like, yeah. the,
1: who had that whole situation yes. and
0: like barely learning linebacker safety. That's that's wild, exactly.
1: And then, and then Metellus is like straight up got owned in the one on ones. So, some guys came so that they had the safeties go one on one against the wide receivers at the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Some guys looked like they had the ability to do that, some guys just looked like they were safeties trying to cover you know, real wide receivers one on one. Metellus is this guy who looked like a straight up safety trying to cover a wide receiver one on one, had no business doing that whatsoever. Uh, but he has some head of Winfield and Burgess, so yep. that one's just No, going to disagree.
0: When they did do those drills at the Senior Bowl, someone who surprised me that played safety was Alohi Gilman. Yeah, They're, he like actually played very well. Yeah, press He's like not
1: like athletic, but like the dude got in people. was physical? Like, very physical. Yeah.
0: And I think it was a uh, um, you know, the, some of the receivers were not ready for Alohi Gilman mm-hmm. in those drills. All right, let's move to the ugly. Okay, the most disagreed with yeah. uh, on, on Mel Kyber's here. I think it's 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 easy to say the positional positional designations. You go through yeah. his top five positional rankings. It's like he's got linebackers with edge defenders. He's got you know linebackers 'Cause with
1: safeties, it's just it's all over the board here. It's twenty twenty. What the hell are we doing ranking Isaiah Simmons in the same vein, in the same position as Curtis Weaver? He has them listed as both in his outside linebacker rankings. Same with those two, And well it's and then also uh so who else is in there? Uh Willie Gay Jr., who's a straight up 235 pound off ball linebacker Never rushed the pass Like barely rushed the pass In his life at, Mich- at Mississippi State He ranks all those guys At outside linebacker They are like Simmons played safety at Clemson uh, Curtis Weaver dropped into coverage Like 50 times in his career Like yeah. th- those guys are not Doing the same thing uh, They will not be doing the same thing It's 2020 Give with the program And so like you can't even like tell uh, And then he ranks Marlon Davidson With the defensive ends I mean I guess yes He, he, he did play there, defensive But now he's 297 pounds But you have James Lynch Who played defensive end with defense what I learned most from that is Mel Kiber Jr. needs a PFF subscription, yeah. specifically. Why out we, where
0: these guys play exactly? Get, let's get some positional snap counts. We'll help you out, brother. It's yeah. all in the draft guide, by the way. All edge and elite subscribers can get access to PFF's latest draft guide. We have a new version coming out on February 24th as well. That's going to have what 250 players. 250. Like, I think it's 755 pages. It, this thing's
1: it's a big. monster. I heard it's bigger than the Bible. I don't know. That I mean, that's just the, the page it's count. Definitely we're more interesting, to. in my opinion. But that's not biased <laughs> here. But all right. And then the last positional designation that I found hilarious was he just ranks kickers and punters together like he has kickers and punters together five punters then a kicker where it's like you know if this is your draft board and you're like we need a specialist but we really need a kicker but the punter's I'm higher on our board. Lost the sauce right now. <laughs> we I, draft the punter? It's, it's absurd.
0: This is absurd. Uh, oh, wait. Who's, who's, who's next on our uh, specialist, specialist rankings? <laughs> yeah. You got to Oh, wait. We, ne- we needed a punter, actually. Oh, hey, uh, well. Next man up. <laughs> just stick to your board. Yeah. Just stick to your board. Um, moving forward to ugly. Uh, and I mentioned this a little bit, hinted at this. But DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins at number 18 and number 20, respectively. I don't care how you see this running back class if DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins are your one and two at that position, OK? But to have either of those players. In the top 20, knowing what we know now about the running back position, seeing what we've seen with David Johnson, Todd Gurley, now even Ezekiel Elliott, what's going to happen to Derrick Henry, what happened to Melvin Gordon, why? In your right mind, would you ever draft a running back that high or value one that high compared to, again, go to cornerback, go to receiver, this receiving class? It's
1: absurd to me. And it's because because also like running back is the one position where – you can always pat yourself on the back for as the GM. Because they're all good. Because when you draft one in the first round, you're going to give him 250 carries. And if you get 250 carries, you're going to get 1,000 yards. And once you hit 1,000 yards as a running back, you're a good running back.
0: There are some that say that the Leonard Fournette You know, the Leonard was Fournette was pick. still a good pick because he's been fed the football and, <laughs> and fed a lot of other things, too, if we want to get to the weight <laughs> discussion. But, like, Leonard Fournette was not a good selection at number four. You did not recruit your I value. I objectively, yeah. It's objectively a, awesome. not a good choice. And with these two guys, as talented as they are, and we talked about DeAndre Swift on the last podcast, we've talked about J.K. Dobbins at length. Still not top 20 players, largely because they do not play a position that you're
1: going to get the value back yeah. when you do draft them that highly. It's not a skilled position. There's no there's no skills to learn. This is just my favorite take on running backs by you, by the way. Go ahead and and when there's not skills to learn, you can't separate your there's there's fewer things to separate Mm -hmm. from the pack from. So like you're just it becomes more athleticism, it becomes more track. It it just becomes yeah. And then like when you look at like track meets the the distance between the top guys is like nothing. Yeah. Like, and that's what it basically is. The difference between all these top guys is like nothing. There's so few guys that really separate because there's no skills to learn to make you better. at the Compared position. to other positions, there's definitely yes. skills to learn. I think you're, you're being somewhat hyperbolic, but I think. But I mean, it really is like you hit the ground as a rookie in the NFL at your peak. Basically. Yes. No, you're not like and that's you can improve 100%. in pass protection. You can maybe improve in like routes, hands, whatever. But as a pure runner with the ball in your hand, you're not like. You don't get more elusive. Yeah, the Jets are. You are what you are.
0: All right, last one here from El Kiper, and we apologize in advance. We did not mean to get this aggressive here, but Cole Komet at number twenty-two. Man, this tight end class is bad. It's the worst. Man. It's the worst position group in the twenty
1: twenty NFL draft. To have any of them in your top thirty-two is absurd, Man. and let alone Cole Komet. I have two takes on this. One, the Komet, about Komet itself is crazy at number twenty-two. There's not like a single thing. He doesn't have a trump card. He's not athletically like anything special. He is probably a worse receiver than. TJ Hawkinson was, you know, worst receiving sort of traits in terms of athleticism, hands. Uh, it just was very much just ran the seams, never beat one-on-one coverage at Notre Dame. Like I said, I was watching him at Notre Dame this past year, big Notre Dame fan. At no point was I ever like, Cole dude, feed Cole Komet. The difference like, maker. Exactly, at no point. But uh, so him at 22 crazy to me this whole tight end class is kind of just like meh but then the other take is that i think tight end you're going to see these guys pumped up draft boards and way overdrafted this year because in the super bowl travis kelsey against george kittle yep everyone's like give me a travis kelsey george there's kittle. not they a travis exist. kelsey exactly. or george
0: kittle in this class i don't know if there will be there's for not. a while now yeah
1: they, these are they're, they are rare athletes yeah. rare rare size profiles everyone's like, going to try to be featuring their tight end position to try to get those guys but those guys are freaks those guys are exceptional after the catch. Mike,
0: I'm not ready for that analysis yeah, on draft so, day. I'm not. I'm not ready yeah, for day one and day two. When they pick a tight end, it's like if they're titan- following the mold. It's a copycat league. Yep. This is the next Travis Kelsey. Like I'm not ready for it. I, I'm just not. All right, let's move to Todd McShay. Next year, we're going to do the same kind of format. We're going to do the good, the bad, the ugly, or the most disagreed with for Todd McShay's latest top twenty, or top 32. He has yep. his latest top 32. And let's start this, actually, this with fantastic. a great
1: Todd McShay story from the Senior Bowl. Um, Mike. Take away. So Josh Jones is OT2 for Todd McShay. He's outdone us and gone even higher on on Josh Jones than we are. Uh, 18th overall on his draft board, but we actually have him 16th overall. So technically, we're still higher. But OT2, and I <laughs> he had him before the Senior Bowl, though, as what was it? OT... Outside the
0: top 200 players. Was,
1: yeah, outside his top 200 players. O- offensive tackle, 19. And they put that on, uh, they put that on tape. And I was like, someone, uh, someone had tweeted the, his ranking and my ranking where I had him at uh, 18th overall player. And I was like, well, someone didn't get to the Houston tape this year because, like, yeah. it, that's absurd. That's the only
0: saying, that was the only. And we talked about it with Steve. We talked about it with other people. It's like, hey, he just hasn't watched him yet, and that's yeah. fine, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That just it's unfortunate that it got put out a yes. little bit a little bit earlier than he was ready for. Exactly. And he even says it in the write up. If you go to the article on ESPN, he says I hadn't got a chance to watch a ton of the Josh jones tape before the senior bowl but after seeing him crush some dudes and going back to the tape he's yeah. now my o2 ot2 two, two. Yeah. and
1: also a top 20 player on my board yeah and he and he should be but i uh this <laughs> uh, thursday night senior ball practices are done uh we roll into this how like, many white claws in are you yeah i mean i have like, pretty uh countless toasty at that point and we roll into this awful bar um it's just like there's they're playing beer pong there. there. It's like you. It was just a grimy Mobile, Alabama bar uh, with like college kids there, and straight up Todd McShay is there. Uh, also, had had about a few as many drinks as I had. Go up, yeah. introduce myself, uh, talk a little bit, and uh, and I'm like, hey, so I heard. Uh, so so what do you think of Josh Jones this week in practice? <laughs> <laughs> You're a savage. I, he's just like, are we really gonna do this here? And I'm like, nah, man. You want to play some beer pong? and You play beer pong with him? No, he no. He ended up like leaving like immediately afterwards. He wasn't Shamed? making too much sense. He was oh, like man. pretty like. Uh, he, he had lost his coat and whatnot. He was he was in a bad way. But oh yeah, man, Tom, sorry, dude,
0: man. You, you approach him. And he was in a bad situation. Yeah. And then you bring up the Josh Jones no. take, which he's probably getting hammered that. by by others on Twitter or whatever it may be. And you had to do that. He's trying to have a good time. It's one of no. the last nights in the but, Senior Bowl. And, and you did but that But that's the good, though. That Josh, is the
1: good. That he, he came around full he came circle around. and he
0: tried out to him. I him think that Jones. night he got back to his hotel, <laughs> turned on the Josh Jones tape, and, he literally and, and put just walked in. He's like, oh, my gosh, this guy might be the best player in this class. I don't know. There's not a ceiling <laughs> yeah. for my friend Josh Jones and Mike Renner. All right. Go to the next uh, bit here for the good for Todd McShay. Jordan Lovett, number three. 32, and Jake Fromm at 34. So
1: Love over Fromm on his board. Well, no, it's not that Love's over Fromm. It's that I think they're like, he's putting them in the similar vein of, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty high for Fromm. Not a lot of people are high on Fromm, and it's pretty low for Love. Like, people are like, a lot of people are falling all over themselves to put Love in their top 25 to say he has these traits to be as high-level QB. And 32 is much more of a hedging uh, where closer to where we would be on Jordan Love. And, and like seeing Jordan Love and Jake Fromm in a similar vein in terms of these guys are both Flawed quarterback prospects at this point, but offers something to work with. Despite
0: being different, they're they're very similar in where yeah. they sit on the board. Yeah,
1: so oh. I, I think that's where we have from uh, somewhere in the 40s now at this point. Maybe that's like right at 50. So it's got a little higher than bo- uh, we have both of these guys, but I st- still think he's lower on uh, on love than the vast majority. That's gonna do it for the good for Todd McShay. Let's move to the bad. Some of,
0: some of the stuff that we disagree with at least slightly. I put in here Christian Fullen at number 44. No in, in Igbenogany at number 19 over, over Fulton and Trevon. Guys like yeah. Tric, this, and we talked about Igbenogany a little bit. Great traits. The speed is stupid. We kind of wish he stayed a year to get better from an instinct standpoint mm-hmm. and technically better, but he's, I think he's a traits guy, too raw to be over Christian Fulton, Trevon Diggs even like Bryce Hall Jeff Gladney like I don't yeah. think he's he should be above some of these other guys that are already good playing cornerbacks. So, uh, Noah Egmenogny is not good at playing cornerback yet. Yes, he has good traits, but these other guys are already good at that position.
1: Yeah, so I can see why you draft 19th. Like he looks like he's he should be 19th on a draft board in terms yeah. of cornerback position. He just hasn't played like that. But it's like it's one of those things where, oh, gosh, what was the example last year? I can't remember. It's going to be bad for me to just try to think about this off the time. But it's where, one of those things where Christian Fulton and Trayvon Diggs do not have bad physical tools. You're, like, you're reaching for these elite physical tools and passing up on guys who have still good physical tools but have been very good at football already. Uh, and when you're splitting hairs between good athleticism and elite athleticism and, and the good athletes are already good at football, go with the guys who are ready to go at football. Like, yes. like, that that incremental athleticism difference is not worth the on-field performance And that's where difference.
0: I think when you compare, whether you're comparing it to Tom McShay, Mel Kiper, mm-hmm. or other draft analysts, I think that's where PFF always differs the most. It's on guys that are being dropped because they're not that same tier of athleticism not, yeah, to, yeah, elite, to elite others, athletes. but... We, still we, good we, I think, and maybe this is cocky, but I think we have some of the best production figures at the college level than anyone else yep. has access to, and for that reason, we lean heavily on these production grades and the advanced stats we do have access to, and that's a big reason why, like guys like Curtis Weaver, mm-hmm. even like Trayvon Diggs, are higher than you know Noah Benogany, etc.
1: Yeah, and I think who was it last year? I think it was Rashawn Gary versus Chase Winovich last yes. year. It was the conversation that I kept bringing that back to. I'm like, Winovich is a very good athlete. Like Winovich has good tools to play on the edge in the NFL. He does not have elite tools to play on the edge in the NFL. Rashawn Gary has elite tools to play on the edge of the NFL. Rashawn Gary also had butt for production. Chase Winovich had very, very, very good production over the course of his career at Michigan. we like, what are we doing here? We're splitting hairs over this like, incremental difference over athleticism. One guy's a much better football player at this point
0: absolutely all right do we want terrell lewis we kind of touched on it with mount Piper, yep. but again he had him at number 23 and mm-hmm. i think again traits 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 this guy's looks the part i think he's going to test well The and production honestly, hasn't he's going to get drafted there yeah.
1: he's going to go in the first round absolutely. because teams need edge rushers and there's not a lot of guys in this class that really have shown they can rush the passer uh, and the ones that have look like curse weaver mm-hmm. it's curse weaver that's the one who's shown he can rush the pass <laughs> all right juan jennings all the way down at 224 Dude, this is aggressive and then Tyler Johnson at 163 and they're behind Kalijah Lipscomb stop of Vanderbilt and Joe Reed from Virginia who I'll be honest when he said Joe Reed from Virginia. When I looked at that, I'm like, I haven't watched a second. of This guy I go over and watch him. They just pump him like underneath the screens like he has 78 catches for 683 yards. He averaged 8.8 yards per catch this year. Of his seventy-eight catches, less than half of them went for first downs. That's a crazy rate. No, <laughs> like, I know. I... Over Tyler Johnson, who's like uh, top ten in yards per route each of the last two years, mm-hmm. highest graded co- college football receiver this past year. Juwan Jennings, most broken tackles in the country this year after the catch. Like those are crazy rankings to me. I don't
0: know. Well, well, I don't Elijah know. Lipscomb, I think in the offseason, in Lipscomb, I was excited yeah. after one screen. And When you try and see this guy separate down the football field, you just don't have it. He doesn't exactly. have it. Tyler Johnson and Juwan Jennings are both guys that... Can separate like bigger, they can separate much, much better. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I
1: agree with you one hundred percent. like Lipscomb, Lipscomb. If you like him, it's because of his after the catch ability. Mm-hmm. Like that's that would be the reason you like him because he just like again he does not separate down the football field. He does not have good speed. Uh, but you he, know who's really good after the catches? I was going to say you know who the best receiver after the catch was this year? It was Joanne Jennings. So yes, that's kind of where we're at with those. I think that you, was said,
0: you said lipsicum I think you were trying to make a Lipscomb. I know kind of that was actually like, yeah. that was bad.
1: Big time, gym, big time, Jimmy
0: Jim, big time from Frisco. <laughs> All right, uh, it's time now to get into the ugly or yeah. the most disagreed with with Todd McShay. I think we were a little bit, we hammered him a little bit in the bad, but the ugly. It's it's similar takes, it's similar stuff to where you're putting guys with with great athleticism or maybe better ceilings in your opinion over guys with really legit production. Here, the ugly first one we have here is Trayvon Hill
1: over yeah. Daryl Taylor and Khalid Kareem. Dude, Trayvon Hill at 64 on his board. Oh man. Uh, like he went to the senior bowl, didn't win a rep his first two days. He won a couple on the last day, but didn't win a rep in the one on one his first <laughs> two days. I
0: remember we were watching the first two days. He was like, I don't know if I've seen this guy win a rep yet. And then we go back and we have guys there, yeah. watching every play, watching a rep. Like, no, yeah, he, had, so he, he, he had has rep. not won a rep. He had
1: one rep. So Trayvon Hill, and he also checked in two two 234 pounds. You have an edge rusher, uh, 233. Excuse me. I gave him a little too much credit. 233 pounds, 6'3", 233. You have an edge rusher weighing 233 pounds at 64 on your draft board. What are you doing here? Yeah, right? yeah. Like he's not going to rush the passer at the NFL. There's no yeah. chance. He, yeah. he showed it at the Senior Bowl. He's not going to be able to rush.
0: The I think the again, this might go back to and we're hammering him a little bit here, but I think it might go back to the fact that hey, you got to watch these guys.
1: <laughs> you got you to gotta go back and watch. <laughs> well, oh, like you got to like follow them throughout. And yes, like, like yes. there can be a red flag. Like hey, you weigh in at two thirty three. Maybe he was listed higher than that. He was listed <laughs> maybe two forty five and he weighs in at 233, that's a pretty big red flag that you yeah. got to take. Effect, I don't think gotta he's going to test dro- well. I don't think this guy's guy going guy like to test like a, a yeah. premier athlete at yeah. 233. And he also did not produce well either, didn't produce at Virginia Tech. The grades aren't great. Before he left school at Virginia Tech and then went to Miami and didn't produce there. So. Mm. I had
0: to, had to throw this one in there, too. Justin Jefferson
1: at number 26
0: overall. That, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, by itself, is like, okay, come on. This guy is not, th- th- in, in a great receiver class, this guy is not one of the top 30 players in this class. And then he has him over LaVisca Chenault. And T. Higgins,
1: yeah, over the over them. I think that's just ludicrous to me and, and, com- compared to the two those players. And, right and now. then I'll add, so he has Donovan, Donovan Peoples Jones as his wide receiver twelve, but that's over Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, and uh, KJ Hill
0: over Rager,
1: yeah. That's, that's another
0: guy I think that you just probably hasn't gotten back to the tape yet. with yeah. I mean, I, I, I and I, I'm not trying to be a dick. I feel like, it's <laughs> not, but I'm saying, if no, you go yeah. back to the tape, you watch Denzel Mims at the Senior Bowl, you watch Jalen Rager in 2018, 2019 over the over the course of that, you're going to see players that are better than Donovan Peoples Jones. You're going to see players that are better mm-hmm. than Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. Those guys, yeah. I think Mims, Rager are all better than Justin Jefferson. Um, man, that's tough. that's, that's tough. That's just uh, and, and
1: I, we were talking and to be we're getting to be him, fair though. He has like so those are wide receivers uh twelve through fifteen on his board and they're all in his top uh eighty players. So okay. he has a lot of wide he's a lot really high in the wide receiver class. Well, that's good, but right? so he's kinda of splitting hairs with but dude, like ranking those guys I don't know. Just the way those are ranked, I'm we got to disagree. And we were talking
0: to Daniel Jeremiah at the Senior Bowl, and he was saying you know, something that PFF does a really good job of with the tools we do give the NFL teams and certain media is that you're able to watch certain positions like wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line, much more effectively with the tools we do provide. I mean, the PFF Ultimate... Is something we we do give to the NFL teams and NCAA teams that allows you to filter down At two clips you and you can you yeah. watch a guy, you can watch a guys' targets, you can watch a guys all of his targets ten plus yards down the football field, all of his targets against man coverage, all yeah. his targets in zone went down by ten on in the third quarter or in the third Why quarter. Why would you down, want
1: to watch one down by ten? Not down by That's ten, whatever. Crazy. But I'm just saying
0: there's this filter ability to where like <laughs> watching tape is so much more efficient, so much more effective that you can get to a lot of guys. Yeah. You can get to the, the guys deep down draft boards. While I think maybe something like McShay or others need a little help. There. Need, need that access. They need the access. They need get the in access. touch
1: with us, guys. All right. Next one: Jason Strobridge at forty uh, is DT five, and Jordan Elliott at DT ten. Or Jason Strobridge, excuse me, not DT five at number forty five overall on his draft board. Really? Jason Strobridge is the guy who's a defensive tackle listed at two hundred sixty five pounds. He also got buried by Josh Josh Jones. <laughs> yeah, he was the guy playing who got guard. <laughs> if you like Josh Jones that high, you can't like Strobridge that high because Jones buried him. No, yeah. but uh, and then Jordan Elliott. Our DT three Missouri guy highest graded interior defensive Carolina. lineman in college football. Highest graded DT 10, not man. even in his top hundred man. Oh, that one, that one's like, that's dumb. That one's crazy. He's one seventeen on his draft board. He's just like, he's better than that.
0: We're going to finish here on the, on the McShay version of the good, the bad and the ugly and overall reaction to what he's got from a position ranking standpoint mm-hmm. and overall, but you put all caps off
1: here. It's your guy. No Jonah Jackson. And this one goes for both McShay and Mel Kiper. Jonah is not even ranked on uh, which we'll call, on McShay's top. And I know the five. reason why. I can
0: tell you the reason why. They haven't watched him. Rutgers transfer. Okay, Ruck, he's a Rutgers transfer. did He wasn't getting built up in the twenty eighteen yeah. season. Twenty nineteen has a very good year, but maybe did you not see him at the Senior Bowl? Though I mean, this guy could stand, yeah. stood out like a sore thumb in a very good way. And then yeah. he's winning every rep. Looked had a yeah. weird build, but mm-hmm. was ma- making work with it. Great balance. I mean, Jonah
1: Jackson, but blew up the Senior Bowl. Not my even point. ranked on either McShay or. Kuiper Sports flying under point. the he radar I, you it. know what I hate though? I, hope, though
0: I hope they don't know because they have better access than we do These to our players and too. to the coaches mm-hmm. you gotta hope there's not a red flag somewhere, somewhere oh that buried. we've missed yeah that mm. would be
1: unfortunate no series
0: of unfortunate events I don't think there is that would be He's unfortunate s- that's gonna do it
1: for the Thursday edition. O-line, are there a lot of O-lines with red flags though that doesn't happen I a lot. I mean, what about uh, Lemieux I mean, Tunsil? Lemieux Tunsil that came up pretty. Was quickly. Was that even a red flag? And went, though? And went away pretty quickly. I don't know if that was also. even a red
0: flag. Right? You can't say the you have your, your green flag. Gas mask is not high on my red flag. It's yeah. when you get into the off field like violence and stuff is where you kind of start to yeah. come w- up.
1: The line keeps themselves. They're they're good.
0: Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the Thursday edition of Two Four and Drafts. A little bit of an update. We're going to pivot to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. So if you do tune in live on YouTube, we're going to be live on YouTube Monday, Wednesday, Friday moving forward. Remember, you can find the Full podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, that's going to do it. Austin Gale, Mike Renner, two four drafts.